Welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington. Good to see you guys on a Monday evening. It is now October. I am so excited. We have already been out to Wicked World Scaregrounds once already and plan on going again. It was such a good time. So if you guys are in the mood for, you know, Haunted House, go out Tate's Creek. I think it's 5817 Tate's Creek Road. And check out Wicked World. They have three different attractions there. Um, I should have done a pop-up overlay for this, but I just didn't have time this Monday. And, um, yeah, go out and give them a check it out. It's really good fun for Halloween. There's a DJ out there playing live music. You can take pictures, selfies with some of the cast and crew and and. Like I said, there are three different attractions, and they're all really good. Hey to Yasmeen and my sweetie, who's working overtime tonight, um, Melissa Begley. And thank you for the audio check. Hey to all you guys over here on Instagram. Good to see you tonight. I'm hoping the chat's going to work okay. I think it will, but just in case I have stuff um uh, kind of pulled up on my phone just to make sure I'm not trusting things just yet. Hey to Sandra. Good to see you tonight. And uh, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's get our sponsors out of the way for this evening. Um, there are two sponsors for the show tonight and they help pay for all the equipment that runs the show. Hey to Moon Mist over here on, on Instagram. And that is um, fresh cat mushrooms. Okay. Have you ever checked the price on fresh cat mushrooms? They are so pure and, but way less than other mushroom extracts that you're going to get. And I did a lot of research on this company back when it first started. And when I first started taking mushroom extracts, they give you a real boost uh, during the day. Uh, and other companies aren't as filtered and pure, and they're twice as much as Fresh Cat. You can get a 10% discount on your order just by using the code Catherine10. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-10 will get you 10% off. Okay. <laughs> now, going back to the other sponsor of the show, and that is Feedspot and Feedspot.com, F-E-E-D-S-P-O-T.com is a place where you can find a ton of good paranormal shows, UFO shows, just anything wild and bizarre, Feedspot has it. And it's like a, a monthly service. I think the 
beginning packages are only like $3 a month and you get access to the information on all of these shows and our show is included uh, in the Feedspot top 17 shows. So I'm really happy to be a part of Feedspot and we're trying some new stuff today. Background music is one of those. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy the little background music and the new backgrounds in the chat box. And you know, the new, the new chat box, the background and the new uh, microphone, these are all things that, that the sponsors help us um, provide to you to make a better show. Now, I have a unique theory on the men in black, and we're going to discuss that. I'm going to see kind of what, how you feel about things um, to see, do you agree? Do you disagree? And if you've had any experiences with the men in black, I would love for you to put that in the comment section. Hi to Ina. Good to see you tonight. Now, so far, the chat box is working really, really great. And one of the reasons I put all the bourbon behind me here is because that's what we're having tonight. It's not Heaven Hill. It's um, Ancient Age with Club Soda. <laughs> so this is an adult show. <laughs> mm. This is how I handle my Monday night. Okay. I know you guys have probably got sort of kind of a conceptualization of what the men in black are and you know all of us have probably watched the movies the men in black and they're really good movies and one of the things that i feel like the movies did is sort of took the the seriousness out of the men in black and sort of made them popularized and so sightings of men in black are not as, you know, dangerously seen now as it used to be because it's sort of like hiding in plain sight. Um, movies, talk shows, Halloween costumes are even made like men in black. Hey to Joy Hall over here on Instagram. And I, it's Christy Seven. Good to see you tonight. Hey to Fred, Fred Rayburn too. Good to see you. So, um, I feel like that because of the popularization of the men in black, that has kind of taken out the seriousness of the sightings and the, the engagement with the public that has been documented over the years. Now, there's a lot of documentation about the men in black going back to 1950s, 1940s. And so that kind of corresponds with the theory that I'm bringing you to tonight about uh, what I feel like the men, some of the men in black are not all, but some. Hey to Pamela, Pamela Downey and Christy Osborne Glass. Good to see you tonight. Okay. So classically the men in black have a black suit, white shirt, black tie, sinister shades. Okay. Ominous and overbearing manner speaking in code, uh, no indications of an emotion or personality, and that is key. 
ostensibly some kind of covert operative, but very conspicuous. They are simultaneously imposing and nondescript, which fits their mission perfectly. So, okay, let's look at this a little bit closer. Most of the people that have experienced um, some kind of engagement with the men in black always report that they never see the person's eyes and they're always covered with some kind of sunglasses. Now, here's another thing. And I remember somebody mentioning earlier today, I think it was Christy, that I had talked about the men in black during the, the old, old episode of Black Eyed Children. Okay, because Black Eyed Children have that same hypnotic, mesmerizing, glassy eye. Hey to Rob Abbott. Let's see, hello from Indianapolis and Denver tomorrow then San Francisco. Woo, Rob, go man, go, I love it. You go and you enjoy every second of that. You have earned that trip so well. Enjoy it. Please give us updates. Hey to Judith Hezek. Good to see you. So, um, I just saw that the screen timed out on Instagram, but it's picked back up. So we're good. All right. Back to the men in black. So they're kind of generic intimidating agents they they give them names like mr jones mr smith mr brown and so they're sort of ambiguous hey to darl's chickens he's he's over in black suit when i got married she ran off with the postman <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh um so anyway uh, now, another thing that I, when I studied up on the men in black, another thing that I found out was that there were a lot of people that had engagement with the men in black when they were kind of uh, going out to Area 51 and sort of investigating it and driving out there. And one of the things that I kept finding in the reports was the fact that after they had the uh, interaction with the men in black um, and they turned around this, the, the car and the people suddenly disappeared. No trace of the car, no trace of the wheels. And so I've got a theory on that. Um, and we're gonna discuss that in just a few minutes. So now, obviously it's prob they're probably government based and so we know that we know that the government um, wants to use alien technology and alien weaponry to be at the top of the control and the power on the earth and they will pretty much do whatever it takes to gain that so this is a given we also know that a lot of technology is being withheld from us uh, simply because the government wants to use that technology to manipulate. Now, a lot of people don't even know about sonic weaponry. Sonic weaponry has been tested and used on people and used on people that are not in the military. You know, civilians have been subjected to sonic weaponry. Uh, it's, it's no secret. 
Uh, there are a lot of different other techniques that the government has tried to use on the public without their knowledge, just to see if the weaponry works and what kind of ramifications are involved with using that weaponry. So um, they want to stay on top. They want to stay in control. And they definitely are using alien technology to do that. Now, one of the ways that they're using the alien technology is through reverse engineering. And so when people get too close to, you know, areas that have sensitive information, they're going to be targeted and intimidated by the government to back off. That is so logical, isn't it? Very, very logical. Hey to Cindy Hall, good to see you tonight. So the men in black are sent by the government to intimidate uh, specifically people who are too close to studying UFO technology or are getting too close to areas that uh, contain this information like Area 51. Now, I think Area 51 has been so inundated with people looking at it. It's almost, you know, become under a microscope of people looking at it and, and attention to it that I, I pretty well think they probably moved, um, you know, whatever they're doing to a different location. But certainly, um, you know, people will still have intimidation techniques um, put upon them if they get too close to Area 51. Hey to Lucy over here on Instagram. And J.A. Jones, too. Good to see you tonight. Now, let's get into my theory about what the men in black are. Some men in black. Now, in the older days, I think that you could pretty well say that most of the men in black, maybe 1940, 1950, were actual men in black. Okay. But... It's interesting because in 1948, this is my theory, holograms were first being developed. Now, this is the private sector that I'm talking about, and we have to gain all of our knowledge on our own. I feel like the government, even in 1948, had the ability to develop a really advanced technology on holograms. Okay, so um, the first techniques on holograms were 1948, and the, the hologram it itself is when two laser beams intersect, they create what's called an interference pattern. This is the pattern that, had, that the two sets of waves make when they overlap. Okay, so to picture this, you can imagine if you drop two pebbles into a puddle, the pebbles make waves that go outward, and when the two sets of waves run back into each other, they form a pattern, and that pattern is what's recorded onto the film. And when the film is developed, you can see the actual whole image, and that was that's that was the basis uh, for creating a hologram. Now, in 1948 through 1960, and specifically in 1964. Uh, the first advanced holograms were created and by Emmett Leith and Juris Upnetics. 
I, and I'm not sure I pronounced that right. And it was at the University of Michigan. Now, here's what's very, very interesting is the first holograms that were ever made using a laser and the off-axis technique were the Train and Bird by Emmett and Juris. And all of their holograms were black and white. Interesting, isn't it? Black and white holograms. And so now they're just developing holograms with advanced technology and coloring and more dimensional spatial dimensions. And some of the holograms that they are creating now are unbelievable. And so it's not a far reach to say, you know, in 1948 and 1960, maybe the government of course probably had more advanced holographic techniques than than the private sector and that's why these men in black are like projected to an area let's say they they know that somebody is on the edge of area 51 it's easy for them to point a laser to have uh, some lasers come down in that area and produce that holographic image of the men in black. And then that would explain why they suddenly disappear. And, you know, and why, uh, why they suddenly have no traces of, um, you know, the car or the tire tracks or anything like that. And that was on more than one a uh, documented case of an interaction with the men in black is that the vehicle uh, disappeared. There were no tire tracks. Um, you know, there was no way that in the area that they were with the visibility that the, the vehicle could have left without them seeing where um, the vehicle is going. So interesting, interesting, interest, interesting. So let me know what you guys think about that. And um, we'll see where we go from here. I'm just doing some cleanup over here on the side. And uh, let's see. Okay, I was gonna see if, I'm trying to see if there are any questions and hey to Sheila and Levada. Good to see you, Levada. She's back from Florida. And you just made it back in time, girl. Whew. I'm telling you. That storm was horrible and everything is such a mess down there. So I thought it was really interesting that the first holographic images were black and white. <laughs> and, the, and then we have these men in black. Um, that are just black and white with no eyes. And uh, the the talk that they use is sort of hypnotic and standardized. There's no personality behind uh, the conversation. So Ina says, so could government control a hologram to have a conversation with one? Yes, absolutely. If you think about... How many times have you logged on to a program or let's say you're getting online help and you know how the chat boxes have standardized kind of responses 
um, they absolutely could have a com have a standardized conversation um, programmed into the hologram. Been through one, but not as bad. Well, tell us about it. So Melissa says, any documented cases of women in black? No, isn't that crazy? That's another reason why I'm thinking it's holographic image because the image is meant to be intimidating. And, you know, the male image classically is uh, thought of as more intimidating than a woman's image. But, you know, Melissa, that goes back to the shows that I did on shadow people. Uh, there's an androgynous shape of shadow people. And then there's the male shape of um, shadow people. But to see a woman's shape in a shadow person, I've not heard of before. So I think it is the shadow shape or the male shape is strictly due to the intimidation psych psychological factor there is what I'm thinking. Uh, let me check these comments really quick here. Oh, I don't want to miss anything. So, Darl's Chicken says, I told my psychiatrist I thought I was from a different universe, but he didn't believe me. I'm currently detained in a secure mail hospital. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Oh, shoot. So, Ina says, aren't they usually sent with the intent of telling people to be quiet about UFOs? Yes, it's all intimidation. Um, they don't want us to investigate it. They don't want to share technology with us. Um, and they want everybody to stay in line and stay quiet about it. Of course, I think that there have been so what's happened in the last 10 or 15 years is that a lot of people that were in high level people who were involved with UFO conspiracy theory, these were high level military people and you can go online and watch videos of them. They've uh, decided at the end of their life that they're going to tell the truth and tell the public everything that uh, they were required to cover up during their time with the military. I, I think it's sort of their, um, they're at the end of their life and they're trying to clear their conscience on things. So we've got at least five or six uh, high military ranking people that have given their accounts of their involvement with the alien cover-ups and the UFO conspiracy theories that they have covered up and the evidence that they have kept all these years and all that's come out. And so I think the government is like, well, you know, we can't discount these people that served in the military that did all this stuff. And so I think that there are a lot of things that are coming out now that wouldn't necessarily have uh, we would necessarily have that information otherwise. <laughs> yes, they don't want you to share. Yeah, exactly. So Ina says their testimonies are extremely interesting. Yes, they are. 
And a couple of those guys had, had saved evidence that they presented on their videos before they passed away. And I, I find that that's extremely interesting that they saved the evidence of this stuff. And, you know, it's all, there are several of these interviews on YouTube and some other um, platforms that you can watch, but, um, you know, it really raises the hair on the back of your neck when you look at um, some of the things that these guys say that they were involved in. And these are very, very credible people that are, were involved with this whole cover-up. But you know, it doesn't surprise me because this type of technology is phenomenal. And of course the government does not want anyone to know about it or to talk about it. And they do want complete, complete control over it. So, you know, I was thinking the other day about the men in black and, and how, you know, there's so many people that are going to be wearing the men in black Halloween costumes coming up. Ina says, and, and they now have no reason to lie. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. They have no reason to lie. They have, they're at the end of their life. They're not going to gain anything. Um, and that just adds to the credibility of these witnesses. <laughs> hey, Ramon, good to see you tonight. So I don't know if you watched the whole show, Ramon, but I was talking about my theory with the men in black and my theory is that they're holographic. Uh, a lot of the ones were holographic images that were projected through laser. A lot of the accounts that people give out in the desert where they're getting too close to sensitive areas and these men in black appear out of nowhere and then disappear without any trace or any tire marks. I, you know, I got to thinking and I, and I was like, I bet that those guys were holograms and the car was a hologram. And then when I got to doing the research and finding out how early holographic images were developed in 1948, and you know, the government developed better imagery than the public sector. So there's no telling how advanced and technical their holographic images were. And that explains perfectly why the men in black just suddenly disappear without any trace as soon as the interaction is over. So I'm just catching up Ramon on, on the theory that I wanted to present to you guys. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think that this could have been a holographic image that uh, the government through laser technology projected down to uh, people to intimidate them and it, you know, would not be hard for them to pinpoint an exact location with these lasers to, you know, uh, put that image down there to intimidate whoever it was that they found was encroaching upon an area. Thank you. <laughs> I tell you, really, you know, I started thinking about the stereo mine and, and then I thought, you know, uh, if the images that they first began with were black and white, that would really make sense with the men in black. It really would. Maybe 
those beginning images were what they had to work with. And if you go on Google and you look at, you know, the first holographic images, that every single one of those is black and white. So Christy wants to know, have all men in black signs been near sites like Area 51? No. Any kind of government installation or any kind of site that has had UFO activity where people are either talking about it or writing about it. Um, people have even had men in black come to their homes. Uh, in that episode that I did with the black eyed children, men in black came and got the black eyed children from the homes where the black eyed children had gone and knocked on the door. It was men in black in a uh, black car that pulled up to get the children. So I think there truly are actual men in black, like the ones that collected the black eyed children. But I think the ones that disappear without a trace are holographic images. So Melissa says, Dugway Proving Ground Military Post did chemical weapons test desert area. Yeah, it, you know, <clears throat> any area that we're getting too close to finding out what they're doing is subject to a visit from the men in black. And if I get a visit, I'm definitely going to let you guys know. So if I disappear mis mysteriously, um, y'all better just save this episode. <laughs> And I, you know, um, it's interesting because let's say you did get a visit from men in black that you might think was a holographic image. Um, I wonder if sound would disrupt that laser beam and that holographic image. Or I wonder if maybe you threw something at it if that would disrupt the holographic image enough to discontinue the intimidation you gotta wonder gotta wonder and and so then my next thought is what would they do if you did that <laughs> so it's all interesting and um next monday night we're, i'm gonna do some really weird shows for halloween this year for the month of October. And I want to tell you guys about um, coming up the six, the 17th of October. Please put this on your calendar. 17th of October. You're going to really want to watch the episode because we're going to do a haunted items hunt from Thoroughbred Antique Gallery here in town. What I'm going to do is go through and do a medium walkthrough and kind of identify the items that have the energy behind them, like extra energy that I feel could be haunted or have attachments. I'm going to give you a little bit of the background on the items there. I've already walked through the place once or twice. And I didn't find any negative things. There's a lot of really positive, strong energy items there. And we're going to do a live sale. So if you guys want any of the items, be sure you have Venmo or PayPal. And they're going to be flashing on cards, the PayPal and the Venmo cards up there for you. 
If you want one of the items, I'll, we'll have the Venmo and PayPal contact, and we'll also have the number of the store where you can call in and buy one of the items. And there are some really good energy items there. I don't know exactly what's going to be there on that date, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And you can purchase one of the items that has that extra energy. And I did feel a lot of really good energy attached to some of the items there. So it is going to be a lot of fun. I'm super stoked to do this. And then on, I think it's the 27th of October, I'm doing like a Halloween uh, readings at the shop at Thoroughbred Antiques Gallery. And it's going to be like a card of destiny kind of thing. And there's going to be a raffle for the readings there. So if you want to go antique shopping and get a reading or get a chance on a reading, come there on the 27th. I think we're going to start about 630-ish. Um, and I'm, I'm going to post little things about it. The uh, Haunted Items Hunt on... You know, my Monday night show for the 17th is going to start a little bit early. We're going to start at 6.30 instead of 7. So be sure you've got all your information uh, logged in for Venmo and PayPal. And I will be sure and post the number to the store and uh, things like that. So you can contact them easily if they're really interested in one of the items. And some of the items are so freaking cool i cannot wait to do this it is going to be awesome i hope that you guys tune in maybe even buy an item that has a lot of good energy on it take it home let that energy just kind of fill your space with good positive stuff and um this this halloween is going to be great you guys and don't forget get yourselves out to wicked world because it's going to be a blast until next Monday night, this is from Kentucky, and I will see you later.